0: Scary Parish, it's Sunday, March six, two 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, hey YouTube, hey YouTube. If you're watching live on YouTube, please smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. That helps us a lot. If you haven't subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, stop making me beg you. Just do it already so we can move on from this portion of the podcast. Deadleg is back from Durham, North Carolina, where he set court side Saturday night for Mike Shisewski's final game inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Did not go well for Coach K. Final score, in North Carolina 94, Duke 81. The Tar Heels scored 55 points in the second half. Spoiled Coach K's going away party, added a massive quadrant one win, and probably secured an at large bid to the 2022 NCAA tournament. Deadleg, we joke on friday's podcast that it would be hilarious if unc beat k in his final game at cameron i didn't think it would actually happen how did that happen
1: i gotta do it if you if you for whatever reason for and there's no reason none but if for whatever reason you did not catch friday's show here's about a minute and a half or so here's what happened friday before we knew what was going to happen
0: I was wrong. David, do you realize nobody can hear this other than you, I think? Oh, really? <laughs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> no can one you, can hear it? Can't you just keep it basic?
1: Why can't you hear it?
0: I, I don't know. I didn't even know that was going to be a part of the show.
1: Every so wait a You mean to tell me? You I just, just sit there. You heard that, though. That, heard that was
0: great. Gee, just keep it simple, man. Just keep it simple.
1: Okay, never mind. Oh, it sounded so great, too. All right. I First, was sitting, I was hoping that maybe everybody else could hear it and i was the only one
0: because so i was just gonna sit there like i'm listening to something and then you would start talking again can when it was done it? nobody can hear it you uh, what a disaster let's start over start over hey there it's gary parish it's sunday <laughs> just kidding what a mess <laughs> jesus christ you know this is the type of stuff that irritates me to death <sighs>
1: So you so UNCB took on Saturday night. Yeah. We said it would be hilarious if it happened. We did That's not right. think it was remotely possible. Yeah,
0: no, I, I established all that before. And you then it actually your, happened. Before you went to your fake audio, I established all of that. I established that we said it was hilarious. <laughs> that it might, have, that it would, it would be hilarious if it happened, but that we didn't think it would happen. I established that right at the top. So <laughs> we then you had to play fake audio yes. I, play,
1: I played the harp noise there was silence and someone goes but i heard this too i was wrong <laughs> so it
0: was just <laughs>
1: sorry that's just funny gotta roll with the punches there ah oh, too good it was quite an environment there when did you think it was done when did you think carolina beating k and duke was actually in the bag two minutes to go because keels hit a three with like two fifth three minutes to go that cut it to five. And I thought, okay, it's still it's still on the table there. And then after that, UNC just didn't wilt whatsoever. And I, I will say the the environment and the building, it started to get it started to turn from good anxiety to oh bleep, this is really gonna happen. Anxiety before that happened. Like four and a half minutes to go, you could feel the tension rising and like, this isn't supposed to happen. Like there's no way Duke's supposed to actually lose in this moment. So I'm wondering as someone who watched it on TV was hearing the, kind of, I assume the play-by-play, when did it feel like it was actually slipping away from Duke and they were going to drop this one?
0: I don't know if you realize this, but no, nobody can hear what you're saying right now. Stop. <laughs> when
1: Brady, man, kept making threes over
0: and over again. I was like, okay, they're not, when, when Duke couldn't get a stop, when North Carolina kept scoring, I was like, okay, this is done um it, it i mean you look up at some point and it's like an eight point game with not enough time left and that's it and you start to go okay this is really this is really happening and then they turned it into a double digit win it was like you go you went very quickly from maybe duke can make a light late run to oh no north carolina is going to win this by double digits it's a wild scene
1: it was a it was a wild scene it was it was uh it was a Crazy environment, man. I've been in for, to a Duke Carolina game before, and this one seemed to exceed it by two. Just, there were definitely more. It was beyond capacity in that building. And you've, you've sat at those seats on press row. They're always up against you, but like the entire time, man, like they were up on me the whole for, time. For, for
0: people who don't realize what it's like to sit on press row at Cameron Indoor, um, first off, you have to climb into your seat. You have to walk on the court. like you're you're coaching, and then you have to climb over the table to get into your seat. There's no other way to get there. And then you have college kids leaning on your back the entire time. If you wear something nice, it will have blue paint on it when you leave. Sometimes you got boobs on your head the entire time. I sat through a whole Duke Carolina game one time. C (laughs) C cup on my head the whole time just sitting there like this trying to watch a basketball game. I got 22-year-old C-cups on my head.
1: It's a Sunday show, folks. It's a Sunday show that's all I can say. Um yeah, Carolina, oh by the way, locks up a tournament bid. Agree. I think that's I be I think
0: that's almost certainly true, although I will defer to our CBS Sports bracketology expert Jerry Palm on Inside College Basketball, late Saturday night, he said it's not done. Like, if they were to take a horrific loss in the ACC tournament, they might still be in trouble. But he conceded, and I think it's accurate, it's probably, they're probably good enough to go. But but for whatever it's worth, because North Carolina fans were <laughs> angry at me because I said, and this likely secures an NCAA tournament. And they were like, likely, it definitely does. D-head, and I'm like, what? Like, One guy told me to shut up. We got suck it. We now got two Quadrant One wins. I'm like, you see Irvine's got two Quadrant One wins. Calm down. You're North Carolina. It's March 5th. You can't tell people to suck it because you just picked up your second Quadrant One win. I think they're in no matter what, probably. Jerry Palm was not willing to go that far.
1: I'm locking him. I don't see him getting left out after. You went on the road at Duke at that Quad One level win. I don't see it happening. I'd be truly shocked. If, if North Carolina's not in the NCAA tournament, I think that one was good enough there. As for the scene, uh, it was like, it was, there were some, you know, s- some people of some renown, but I was actually a little surprised. There weren't more. I don't know. I thought there might be a couple more big names, but Jerry Seinfeld sit next to Adam silver. What's the deal. Um, You had Ken Jeong there. Best seat in the house. Probably Scott Van Pelt had the, the baseline. There were two rows. He had the aisle seat next to Duke's bench. Basically, could have been consulting in the huddle. Shouts to SVP. Um, but other than that, the wall of Duke players, that was really cool. So when they started the game, before they started the game, and oh, by the way, actually, before I get to that point, because I didn't see any of this, but I was following it on social media. Apparently, it was an absolute disaster of a broadcast situation because Texas and Kansas went overtime, and it, it just... They were going split screen on it with, with yeah, the ceremony? I mean,
0: it, yeah, I mean, listen, it was less than ideal because you, if you're ESPN, I'm certain you want to have the build-up to the game and the walk onto the court and as much of the pregame scene as you can have. Mm-hmm. But, like, for a viewer, you just had to go to ESPN 2. It was fine, you know? Oh, that's wanted, what it was? Okay. Yeah, I mean, they moved it to ESPN 2 uh, until uh, Texas Kansas was over. So it was like, if you didn't want to miss anything, you didn't miss anything. But I'm sure the last thing... Epm one it was for Texas, Kansas to go the whole time.
1: And that's and that's what uh and that's what it did. When the players all came out, they made the human tunnel. I Leitner was like maybe 12 feet in front of me. He he's rocking like the uh he's got a gray goatee. It was kind of jarring actually to see. It's like, man, because he looked like Leitner, but at the same time, it was like he, he's he's starting to age, which is completely understandable there. And yet all these guys that were so excited, like you know grayson allen Quinn cook walking out grayson had like a couple days off which by the way i want to know why zion williamson didn't come he's not playing i have a theory what do you think the theory is on that because i i I didn't think about it in the moment until like after the game and i was like why why wasn't zion grayson allen's an active nba player who had an opening because i was told like Kyrie and tatum if they didn't they couldn't go and get back to their games but like Alan had two full days off or whatever, so he was able... But what's your theory on Zion and why he wasn't there?
0: And let me preface what I'm about to say with... I'm not joking, and I'm not trying to be mean. I just have a theory on this. This is a a young man who, from the age of 15, 16 on, on social media, was like a a god. He was, uh, you know, dunking and going viral, and every time he got on Instagram, every time he got on Twitter, people were adoring him. That was probably age 16, 17, 18, 19, then his one year at Duke. Now, um, every time he gets on social media, he must see the opposite of that. He's a joke now. He's a meme now. He's fat shamed now. And I wonder, I mean, because when's the last time anybody's seen Zion Williamson in public? He left New Orleans with the Portland. He's been rehabbing out there. Nobody's seen him publicly in a while. I wonder if he's not heavy still and he's just embarrassed to be seen right now and because I know that's a real thing with normal people. Like I know somebody who was getting ready to go on a cruise and they canceled the cruise because they put on like 15 pounds during COVID. And they were like, I'm not comfortable going on a cruise and wearing a swimsuit at this weight. I don't want to be seen like this. And I just with that that Mm. story in my head, I wondered if he's just not comfortable with the way he looks right now. And doesn't and he knows that when he walks into Cameron Indoor and people take pictures of him and, or the, the cameras get him and he goes on TV or he gets on Twitter, it's just uh, look at Fat Zion over and over again. I bet you, I, I mean, I obviously have no way, way of knowing, right? I but that is that is a theory, and I think it's a totally reasonable theory.
1: The other thing that I thought about was like Zion, despite the, because he's not playing, he hasn't been seen. He's still, you know, he's in the top five, six headlines, NBA news cycle on a weekly basis kind of deal. And while there's truly nothing that could overshadow this on Saturday, his mere presence would have – he's the only former Duke player who by showing up becomes a separate headline storyline unto himself by him being there. And that speaks to – who he was. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, I, I, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever to learn if, if Zion had had a 20 minute conversation with Mike Krzyzewski earlier in the day on Saturday or on Friday and explain the situation. They kept that private. Um, And we don't need to go on and on about Zion, but I do think there were, cause I, I bet he wanted to be there. I do think he was, cause remember Zion Williamson wanted to stay at Duke. He has said this multiple times, multiple times. I did not want to go, but he kind of, he just, he had no choice there. So him not being there while not being an active NBA player, it was just—it was a bit inconspicuous. That's all.
0: I—I'll uh, tell you. I, I don't know if his mere presence would have overshadowed anything. His mere presence, looking fat, would have overshadowed everything. That would have been the thing that we, you know—would have been trending on Twitter. Coach K and Zion, fat Zion. I, again, I don't know, him, but I—if he's still heavy, I bet you he just didn't want to be seen in public. He didn't want to have to deal with Saturday night getting beat up on Twitter and, and Instagram yeah. and everywhere else.
1: Despite that, almost half of Kay's former players showed up. They said the final number was 96. He had 208 uh, players who have played for him. And I think that includes the active roster there. So, uh, remarkable number. And, again, to see, to see all those guys up close as they formed the tunnel when Kay walked out, that was tremendous. That was such a, such a cool moment. Uh, really, really great. And to do that before the game started, then the game actually gets played. And Carolina's ready to go from the get-go, man. Ready to go. And I had talked to UNC assistant Brad Frederick about four hours before the game just to get a set. I was like, listen, you guys have been reduced in this game. It's it's kind of crazy to think about, but it's true. Like, oh, by the way, North Carolina's got to come over here and play us for 40 minutes. Ha ha ha. We'll see how that goes. And what Frederick had told me was I asked him what his expectations were and how practice. And he's like, practice has been pretty, pretty good. Um, we're gonna have to play Brady Manic a ton because he's our most reliable big shot getter. And frankly, our most viable passer for a lot of the stuff we run, I guess it just manic really knows he sees the angles well, and we need him on the floor. But the problem is everyone knows this: Brady Manic's just a terrible defender. And so the idea was like how you cannot hide him on defense there. So is he going to be good enough on offense that he can offset some of the stuff that he's going to take away from you defensively? Lo and behold, he did. And by the way, Carolina, this is a stunning stat was in the column I wrote on Saturday night. Carolina had four guys go for 20 more points. That had never happened before ever in UNC history, 20 or more in the same game from four players relatively shocking so you get it on that night of all nights manic's incredible rj davis who if and when carolina gets into the tournament if it can win a game or two rj davis is going to be the dude i have seen this guy like five or six times this season in big moments just be completely unafraid is he always always successful no but we talk a ton about baycott manix a big shot maker we get it leaky black everyone knows the story he had a beautiful up and under at leaky black but rj davis even more than caleb love uh seems to come up really big when they need him to, or at least he's not afraid to try. And so for Carolina to get out early in that game, take a big lead, it was like nine, two, then 11, four Duke makes a push. It makes a 14.0 run. Paolo Bancaro. I don't think the TV cameras caught this, but pick was feeling himself early. I mean, he was talking like just competitive little, little S talking, if you will, with manic. Cause Mana couldn't stop him. And, and Bancaro was getting a lot of what he wanted in the first half. Duke was very active, very confident. Carolina is able to cut it to two at halftime. And I talked to Frederick after the game and he said at halftime, the vibe in the locker room was we are, we are good right now. We have withstood this push. We made our, we made our own push. It's only a two point game. And then second half, they don't sub out. UNC doesn't sub out. It's manic Davis, love Baycott and black. The entire second half they're iron five. They stick with it the whole time. It pays off. Duke goes cold. She said they were horrendous on defense they didn't communicate whatsoever. In fact, UNC put up more points in 40 minutes, no regular, uh, non-overtime game against Duke than it had in a long, long time. I, I don't have the, the stat in front of me. They, they they, picked the perfect moment to play the best game of their season. Hubert Davis, who's been under fire from that fan base, well, frankly, I would tell you, shut him up, except everyone couldn't stop screaming and yelling celebrating on Franklin Street where the bus went afterward. And uh, it was, was kind of funny on like a personal note. So we're about two minutes to go. And I'm watching. And at that point, Carolina's pretty much got it. Maybe a minute and a half to go. They're up eight. They're up ten. And I talked to Frederick earlier. And I'm kind of looking at the UNC bench. And then he, he's directly across from me. And, he, and he, if you're watching on YouTube, he looks at me and he starts doing this. Hey, YouTube. He, he starts hey, doing this. And I'm, I don't know what he, I don't know what he's meaning, but this. So I ca- caught up with Matthew. He's like, "That was me telling you, your story blew up. You got to write a whole new one because Carolina's about to win this game." And he was right. They, they're about to win it. They won it. And I thought it was awesome for the rivalry. Yeah, it sucks for Duke. Krzyzewski losing its final home game was something very few people put any credence into, but this is what makes this rivalry great. So good on you, Carolina fans. Duke, we'll see if you can uh, reboot and start anew here in the ACC tournament. I still, you know, they still have a ceiling as high as just about anyone. But those are my kind of like big picture takeaways on the ground there in Cameron. It was a it was an awesome experience to get to cover. And I just couldn't believe it wound up not even being close. Caroline wins by 13 Man, Duke's total losses combined nine points leading into that. And then UNC walks into that building, GP, and wins by 13.
0: They walked in it like it was Pinnacle Bank. This they is a North Carolina team that lost to Tennessee by 17, Kentucky by 29, to Miami by 28, to Wake Forest by 22, by 20 at home to Duke. And then they go and win by double digits at Cameron. They're now 11 and two in their past 13 games. So clearly uh, playing better at this point than they have um, all season. Yeah.
1: Just watching the end of this. Yeah. They they held on. If you're you're listening after the fact where Illinois just beat Iowa, 74, 72, Illinois is going to be the, that's why we did this later than normal. Illinois is going to be the one seen in the big 10 tournament. Iowa were almost, almost they had a, game winning three attempt there and now they're going this is this is awesome dude we can stick on the UNT Duke stuff if you want but just like on the floor Illinois gets the one seed after they wanted it last year when there was all that Big 10 scheduling stuff with Michigan and now the Illini, because we'll get to it soon Wisconsin couldn't get the job done
0: Wendell Moore back to Carolina Duke and then we'll move on said last night that he felt like they kind of got lost in everything the players Jay Billis made this point on the broadcast that he didn't think the players um, were ready for the emotion. Something about the emotion of the day, of the week, um, had them ill-prepared or uh, not properly equipped to flourish in that scene. And, you know, I'll take the players at their word. If Wendell Moore says, I think we got lost a little bit in everything, I'm going to assume that they did.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. But I sat down with Wendell and Joey Baker and Theo John and like and you know five of Dukes players on Thursday afternoon and they were very level headed they I asked them if they felt pressure with this season with this particular game and all of them were very casual convincing saying you know in fact no they they couldn't wait to be a part of the atmosphere they weren't sure what they were going to feel once we got to Saturday but there's the potential for that Szeszski did say it as well though he did he he said that he Easier to say after the fact, and it's not that he didn't allude to this necessarily on Thursday, but I think between, because Kay's press availability was Thursday at 1 o'clock. The game was you know, 53 and a half hours later, and he would have experienced a lot. The team would have gone through a lot more between when they spoke to the media and by the time we actually got to where we got there. And Kay opened up a little bit in the post-game ceremony and in the post-game presser. I want to get to the ceremony before we move on, but in terms of the presser and what he said, um, he said our ship was going to sink today no matter what. Indicating, and I wanted to ask him, but we ran out of time and I didn't get to ask him this because I wanted I wanted to ask him, all right, if, you, if you're saying your ship was going to sink no matter what, you've coached in this game nearly 100 times against Carolina. You've coached for 42 years at Duke. Then when did you get that sense that this was not going to be your night? Like Again, Keels hit that tray from the corner. It's a five-point game. Did you think that it wasn't possible? I was just I'd like to get into his head just a little bit and see when he thought that was because he was highly complimentary of what UNC did in Hubert Davis's program. But here's a, here's one of his quotes. He said, It's it has been emotional. Um, but before the game, you're thinking and you get a little teary-eyed, and then you say, Whoa, I can't do that. And then so then you go on the court and you feel it, and he went on to talk about all the players. And so that affected them. You could see it on camera. I saw the the highlights after, and you could see he was really starting to uh to well up with with all of that parish. And, um, said, you know, he, that he was glad that this was over because, um, the past couple of days, it was almost like they were living in the penthouse. They'd won the ACC regular season title. And that didn't add an element of urgency to this game that he thought they should have had. He took a plenty of blame, uh, on himself more than with his players and his teams. But, um, but he said, yeah, so basically we're living in a penthouse the last few days, room service, and everyone's saying nice things, and we didn't play hungry today. Last thing for you I'll ask on this, because I know this aired over uh, on television when they did the ceremony, which was a bit awkward, no doubt about it. It was probably, I don't know, seven, eight minutes between when they walked off the floor after losing and coming back out, the players and Kay and then his wife, his daughters, and then you had the president, the AD, and then I guess the president of the alumni club? I don't know. Um, that stuff was whatever, like the gifts were whatever, but he, Kay stepped to the mic and was... Cause these things are kind of planned out. They got a template, a script and all that. And he's like, no, this is impromptu. And he, you know, he's, he's he's pissed and he should be pissed. And that's why it's tricky to plan a retirement ceremony and decide you got to put a basketball game in the middle of it. Cause stuff like this can happen. What, how did you feel with uh, how that, that tone started off? Cause he said, no, no, how we played today was unacceptable. The crowd was like, so wanting to cheer despite the loss. And I kind of liked how K wasn't having any of it. He's like he's like, "No, this is BS. Like what we did today, it's it's absolute crap. You guys deserve better than that." And uh, I actually appreciated him kind of swerving into that moment. I don't know how it played on television or frankly on social media when
0: he did it. It looked though. weird, yeah. you know, like it? Yelling, it, felt yelling, we- it felt a
1: little. It felt a little. weird. At the
0: crowd. I mean, he's yelling at the crowd. You
1: know, no, quiet. Just be quiet. <laughs> I know because <laughs> he, looks- he knows they want because he knows they want to cheer him, and he's like, "I don't want that right now. Listen to me." What just happened is that meanwhile, the players are over there on the bench looking like they just got knocked out of the NCAA. I don't know if the cameras caught them or not, but they are dejected in that moment. So it was anyway, you go ahead and talk. But it was a, it was an odd vibe for sure.
0: Yeah, it just, you know, it was, you know, he. I wasn't surprised he reacted the way he reacted, but it was still weird. You know, like yelling at the the all these people came to honor you, and the night ends with you yelling at them. <laughs> that's what it, like that's what happened. Um, but whatever, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, one last thing on this, uh, because it sort of got a lot of attention in the subsequent twenty four hours. Chris Carwell, Duke assistant, did not shake hands with Hubert Davis, and apparently it was because at least according to the Duke staff, because the North Carolina staff didn't shake hands pregame or because they didn't honor Kay and Chapel Hill. But, you know, it was another weird scene.
1: It, well, I, and I didn't see it in real time. I actually didn't see. I didn't know that was a thing until, I don't know, an hour after the game because, you know, the, we had all this stuff going on. So I didn't know that. And yeah, but it's undeniable. Carroll doesn't. He blow, He gives Hugh with a blow by again. I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod. I don't care if we do handshake lines or not. I don't care. If you want to have them, awesome. If you don't, I don't care. Coaches are all... A lot of people like sportsmanship got to have... I don't care. If you want to do them good, if you're not... It does not matter to me. I have no opinion on this. will not change my life one bit. If college basketball games have handshake lines once the game's over or not. Don't care. But if they provide the occasional reason for fan bases to flocked to the message boards and poured jet fuel on the discussion for an entire offseason. Well, then that's this certainly accomplished that there I and mean, care. you just got to shake his hand. What do you want? I mean, He's I don't know about hand. that. They didn't shake him pregame. I I know that I, I saw Hubert Davis and Mike Krzyzewski greet each other. I saw that happen. Now, maybe the, maybe not every assistant shook every assistant. I don't even know. I don't know. But if you're a UNC fan and want to give him more reason to be pissed off at Duke, by all means, and if you're a Duke fan and you want to, you know, use it to dismiss UNC, whatever, then then have at it. And if this makes you, if you're a fan of either team, and it makes you be more dismissive of Duke, then that's your own prerogative. I don't care. Like, like he should have shook the dude's hand, no doubt about it. Like if you watch the video that went viral, you know, they caught it. Hubert Davis in slow motion, he gives him he gives him the look back. He gives him the because he thinks it's coming and it doesn't, and then it kind of clicks that. Wait, what? And and and, like and what? Like, yeah, exactly. And plus, like, what's your like, problem? Like, like yeah. you like, guys,
0: you guys beat our brains in you yes. know, a few weeks ago. We shook your hand and now we, and now we beat your brains in and you won't shake our hands.
1: I know like, that was, it was like, uncomfortable. Say, what, yeah.
0: say whatever you want about Hubert Davis. What everybody can agree on is like, he's a nice guy. Like, he's just a pleasant man. And yeah, I mean that to me, that looked like the definition of sore losers, um, not the biggest deal in the world, but totally unnecessary. Just shake his hand and move on. Uh, as far as handshake lines, I, I'm with you on this. I take them or leave them. I don't care. I just sort of like rolled my eyes at the debate that uh, followed the Jawan Howard Wisconsin incident in a few weeks. You know, I was asked about it then. I was like, listen, if you don't want to have handshake lines, it's fine with me. I don't care. But like, don't you don't get rid of them because Jawan Howard took a swing at somebody. Like, that that's not a reason to get – because one coach one time took a swing at somebody, that's not a reason to get rid of them. That's like, um, you know, anything in life, you know, that is so random. And then you say, well, we can't ever have this thing again because this one out of a million times it went wrong. Like, we don't live our lives like that. Um, You know, we have car wrecks sometimes but we still drive our cars because we know that the overwhelming majority of the time everything's going to go smoothly plus it's convenient how else would you get anywhere so you know it'd just be difficult What are going to do ride horses What are going to do Ride horses can't ride horses it's ridiculous who even knows how to get on a horse these days so i my my thing was you don't get rid of handshake lines because of jawan howard if you want to get rid of handshake lines you do it because you find them unnecessary um, you know, in this era of the sport, you do it because the NBA doesn't have them. But to react to Juwan Howard and, and uh, you know, slice away this entire thing that that made no, that made no sense
1: to me. We can move on, but I just got a note here. Will Brinson, who uh hosts the Pick Six Pod, the world's only, just like we were the first. College basketball podcast to go to video. He hosts the world's only daily NFL podcast right here on CBS Sports Network. He has found his way into the chat and he is referencing. We went out on Friday and uh, it was it was a few of us. And he got into like what is not as highlighted in the comment there. Will, thank you for watching and promoting the podcast. But I'm not going to get into your two of Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson debates. But it was wonderful to see him and our colleague Chip Patterson, host of cover three the best college football podcast out there, also on CBS Sports Podcast. If you are not already subscribed and listening to those gentlemen, please do so as soon as you can. I hope Will was here when you... (laughs) He was. I don't think he was. Dude, I don't even get how that happened. I have played... That was off our YouTube broadcast. I have played stuff off of YouTube before. You're not messing with me. It was dead silent. You
0: saw the comments. Nobody heard that other than you unbelievable dead legs like and let's go back to Friday's show this is
1: what it sounded <laughs> well, it's like because you were like dude how hilarious would it be the way you set it up and the way i responded to you it was worth the callback but now forget it it's a mistake i hey, apologize hey. i apologize
0: it's only a mistake if you don't learn from it you know dead leg only That's a mistake it. if you don't learn from it <laughs> Let's move on. So it was a fun weekend in the sport, but as of Sunday afternoon, outside of North Carolina upsetting Duke, it looked like nothing else too crazy was going to happen. And then Nebraska walked into the Kohl Center. We'll get into that next. But first, this better work, or I'm going (laughs) to go crazy. But first, a word from our sponsors. Roll the
1: there is a divergence in time welcome to the road not taken Earth, 2024 a single change is vastly more dangerous than you realize none of our tomorrows are guaranteed you must bring us home you have one final frontier yet to come
0: We all send messages nonstop connected to work. Text, emails, checking in on projects, brainstorming for ideas. No matter what kind of work you do, communication is key. And Grammarly, it can really help you. Because Grammarly, it's your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so that you can make a bigger impact at work. If you lack confidence in your writing... Grammarly can fix that, and it can also make you more efficient in your day-to-day. Did you realize that 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing? It's true. So it's time for you to make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said.
1: Done. with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: Good job, Nada. That worked perfectly. You should teach Norlander how to do that. (laughs) So Wisconsin beat Purdue on Tuesday to secure at least a share of the Big Ten title. Now, all the Badgers had to do to get their first outright title since 2015 was beat Nebraska at home on Sunday. And Nebraska's best player, Bryce McGowans, was out. So this should have been light work. Wisconsin was a 12-point favorite at tip off. Then Nebraska walked into the Kohl center. And you know what happened next? Final score Nebraska 74. Wisconsin 73 which surprisingly gave Illinois an opportunity to win a big 10 title on Sunday night. They had to beat Iowa at home. That game just wrapped up. If you're watching on YouTube, about 20 minutes ago, Illinois came from behind to beat Iowa. And so because Wisconsin couldn't beat Nebraska today because Illinois beat Iowa today, we have co-big 10 champions, Illinois and Wisconsin and Illinois will actually be the number one seed in the big 10 tournament. What is Wisconsin
1: doing? You can't blame Wisconsin for this man. Again, Trev Alberts, the Nebraska athletic director in the past two, three weeks went to Fred Hoiberg and said, we're not going to, st- we're not going to keep paying you this much money to lose games. You're going to restructure your contract. And since then, Nebraska hasn't lost. (laughs) Suddenly, Fred Hoiberg has become the national coach of the year and the second coming of Wooden since all this happened. Wisconsin just happened to get in the way here. Nebraska for the auto bid? Are we really going down this road? This team's been at Penn State, at Ohio State, at Wisconsin. Road games. Road games, three in a row, three wins, and completely upsetting the apple cart in the Big Ten in the process there. Credit in all seriousness to the Cornhuskers for getting these wins and finding, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel this season. I mean, You know, this team was just atrocious for most of the season, and now uh, it enters the Big Ten tournament with some real optimism there. Wisconsin slips on the banana peel and will be the two seed in the Big Ten given the Illini, the number one seed, and they'll share the regular season championship there. Bucky had its five-game winning streak snapped and, oh, by the way, obviously, uh, a devastating loss for its resume prospects in terms of, like, hunting for the two-line now. You know, that losing a game like this, they're going to need to make up for it by winning the Big Ten tournament, which they're capable of doing. Now, I was traveling back uh, and and taking care of some stuff when some of this stuff happened. So, Johnny Davis got hurt. Do you have the rundown on what actually happened in this and if he's going to be available come Big Ten tournament time?
0: Um, first Greg Gard, uh, I believe, told our friend Andy Katz after the game that he's optimistic that Johnny Davis will be available for the big Ten tournament but um, they certainly uh, weren't committed to that at this point it's called a lower body injury kind of weird to see um to, to see exactly what happened because like if you go read the AP report it says Johnny Davis left game with a lower body injury after being hit in the head by Trey McGowans And so the implication, if you're just reading and you didn't see it, is that Trey McGowans hit this dude in the head, and somehow he got a lower body injury. Well, Trey McGowans did hit him in the head and got a flagrant two, I believe. Um, But the injury seemed to happen before that. Johnny Davis is out in transition, and it looked like when he kicked his, you know, when you're running, your legs, you know what it looks like when people are running. You've been running your whole life. It looked like his leg went Back. Tell me if this is what you saw because I sent you a clip of it. It looked like his leg went back and hit a Nebraska player's leg, and that uh, that that um, created a situation where he then took an awkward step, and he seemed to have. That's where it appeared the lower body injury happened, and then he sort of you know kept going towards the goal and. That's when McGowan's hit him in the head. But I I believe, I believe that whatever this injury is happened around mid-court, not at the rim.
1: Yeah, it's a weird looking uh play. Cause yeah, he gets tripped up and then the foul happens pretty hard there and he gets hit in the face. But yes, yeah, so it apparent uh, yeah. So if if he's gonna be available, that's gonna be massive. Wisconsin, I believe, was down when that happened so it's not like they were cruising davis gets out of the game and then wisconsin falls nebraska actually been playing well to that point overall um wisconsin was also a big favor favorite favorite excuse me to win this game uh quite clearly didn't do that and so its metrics are going to plummet has what's has yeah it has they're down to 30. it's not plummet but they were like 24 25 going into this at Ken like there so, Nebraska,
0: Nebraska on, on the other side of the spectrum, Nebraska, three-game winning streak, they went from 181 to 142 at Kempom. 39-spot jumps. Fred Hoiberg coaching the top 150 team right now.
1: Just, Wisconsin losing that game, man. I don't know what the percentage was, but heading into the day, was it what, 85% it was going to be the one seat. Was it 90? How likely was know. it that? like Because Wisconsin had to lose and Illinois had to win, and Illinois was playing the better team. Wisconsin was a 12-point favorite. That alone is outrageous odds. More su- okay, a 12-point favorite situation. I think Duke's game got to 11.5. More surprising, Carolina doing it at Duke or Nebraska doing it at Wisconsin. What's more surprising? According
0: to the point spread, it's, it's uh, Nebraska beating Wisconsin, but like, just like <laughs> the same North Carolina team that's been walloped five times this season, going into Cameron Indoor and winning by double digits, that to me is more surprising.
1: All right, I'm I'm with you, man. I would play the sound if I could, but apparently, just, try it one more time. I can't. I can't. I'd still. It's vexing me. I can't. Uh, oh, was,
0: it didn't vex you more than it vexed me.
1: I, I, and I and by the way, I was watching the video of it play, so I would know when to stop it. So I wasn't. Even, I didn't even see what your face looked like. like, I'm
0: like uh, no, I'm sitting here like this, like like a statue. Because <laughs> sometimes when we're doing like CBS Sports HQ, like this happened to me today. Uh, for whatever reason, you can't hear a, the other guest. And so today, Jerry, I was on with Jerry Palm. And you know how it is. Sometimes a producer will be in the air and they'll be like, hey, we're going to read to you. That means the host is going to ask you another question. So don't just jump in when Jerry Palm's done talking. Or they'll say, you're just going to follow Jerry. And that means whenever Jerry's done talking, you start talking. And so Jerry starts talking. I can't hear a word he's saying. And I'm scared they're going to tell me you just follow Jerry because I don't know when that is. So I, I'm texting a producer like, you got to re me. I can't hear a word that Jerry's saying. But I'm sitting there like this, like nodding along, like I'm agreeing with what Jerry's saying. I have no idea what he's saying. I'm just sitting there nodding. And that's kind of what I was doing with you. I was like, I can't hear this, but maybe I don't need to hear it. Maybe it's just playing and then Orlando will react to it. And then I'll go, ah,
1: ha, ha, that was funny. <laughs> But
0: I couldn't hear a thing and it turns out nobody could hear a thing. I, I
1: wanted you I wanted you to hear it too, but uh but so <laughs> it goes. We've had some we've had some, well, the past two shows. This is March. Um that's all I got on Wisconsin, buddy. You got anything else before we get to the rest of the weekend?
0: No, nah. nah, that's it. That's that's enough.
1: That's okay.
0: a, you you lose to Nebraska at home and blow an outright Big Ten title. You does, you get five minutes. And then right, we, what else we had? Yeah. So before we get to some other notable results for the weekend, let me tell you about our Ion College Basketball Bracket Challenge. It's for you guys, listeners of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. We want you to compete with us in a bracket challenge game. I'm going to be in there. Norlander will be in there. David Cobb, Cal Boone, and we want you in there as well. So here's what you got to do: join at CBSports.com/IonBrackets. That's E-Y-E-O-N. B-R-A-C-K-E-T-S. The winner gets bragging rights, a shout-out on the pod next to Larnell, and a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. So when the bracket is set, go enter. And when you're done entering our uh, bracket challenge, enter some more. You can even create your own, compete against friends, have a chance to win a trip to the 2023 Final Four. Again, the way to get involved, you can do it on the CBS Sports app or at CBSSports.com slash Ionbrackets. That's CBSSports.com slash brackets. All right, Norlander. I, I think you could argue that after UNC's win this weekend, the two most meaningful wins for bubble teams that also doubled as upsets belong to schools coached by famous alums. Juwan Howard's Michigan Wolverines as five-and-a-half-point underdogs, very much on the bubble, upset Ohio State 75-69. Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers, very much on the bubble, as two-and-a-half-point underdogs, beat Houston 75-61. Jerry Palm had Memphis in the first four on Sunday morning and Michigan as the first team out of his bracket. Both added Quadrant One wins on Sunday afternoon. So I don't want to speak for Jerry, but I would imagine Memphis will probably now move into the main bracket and Michigan into the first four dead leg. I want you to talk to Memphis and Michigan fans are the Tigers and Wolverines definitely in the NCAA tournament now, or do they still got work
1: to do? Lock them up. Lock them up. Lock them up. up. We'll get to this when we tour the weekend, but there were a lot of results that benefited teams that like needed to get to win and teams that were near the cut line lost. Lock them up. They're in. How about Memphis? I apologize to Memphis right now cuz i i dis- it was a 9 and 8 team on january 20th and i said we're done we're <laughs> done with this team on this podcast and we're not done they've lost once since then at smu only once smu by the way bubble team supreme at the moment but yeah 19 and 9 here here's now we don't have the updated because the, the net will update on Monday. It really be, would be nice if the net could go the way a Ken Palm here and refresh basically within 10 minutes of a game finishing, but that's not where we're at. Um, I'll tell you how what it would really be helpful for, the top 25 and one, because I write these things at night typically,
0: and then I have to wake up in the morning and double check them. I have to go back through 26, you know, quad one this, quad two that, to make sure stuff didn't shift overnight, and every
1: night something shifts overnight. I hear you. So Memphis was 41 in the net entering the day. It's clearly going to jump here. It's got a sweep of Houston. You know, I I think it's going to be enough. 19 and nine, four and three quad one, three, four, quad two, two, quad three losses. I think, I think they're, I really think they're a lock. I know it sounds kind of wild, but if you, if you start, they the Bama, the Bama wins probably going to get them in Bama wins. Good. Virginia tech on a neutral. They're on the wrong side of the bubble at the moment, but it's that win's actually improved since then. The Wichita State win on the road has value. I th- I think Memphis is in. Michigan's even better. Uh, agree. Michigan's in a better spot than Memphis. Although, did you I, say that was reversed? Did you say Memphis yeah. was?
0: Yeah, hmm. I, yeah. Like I'll I'll run you through it real quick. I got both the breakdowns. Memphis, by the way, ten and one in the in the last eleven games. Uh, they're three and zero against ranked teams. Uh, Fifteen and five with DeAndre Williams in the lineup. Just three and four without him. Eight and one. Since Amati Bates stopped playing, they're up to 28th at Kenpom. And as for the quadrant stuff, four and three in quadrant one, three and four in quadrant two. So seven and seven, first two quadrants with two quadrant three losses. Michigan, five and nine in quadrant one, three and three in quadrant two. So eight and 12 in the first two quadrants with one quadrant three loss uh, to Minnesota. So Michigan, four games under 500 in the first two quadrants, but only one quadrant three loss. Memphis, 500 in the first two quadrants, but two quadrant three losses. Um, I I do think it's close, but I'll trust Jerry on this. He thinks Memphis is ahead of Michigan right now. Um, I think if Memphis were to take a horrific loss in its first AAC tournament game, like let's say USF, I want to say they play the winner of maybe USF and UCF, something like that. Mm -hmm. If USF were to win and then they play USF and then they lose to USF, and take that horrific loss, then I think they got to sweat it out. Like they'll be nervous, but still probably in the first four, probably get in. Because the thing you got to remember about bubble teams, we're like, you know, they don't they don't need to lose. They're all gonna lose. All these bubble teams are gonna lose again, right? You, That's said, why this on, you
1: said this on Friday show. I'd play it back, but I got no confidence in. That. Yeah,
0: good luck. I, I dare you to try it. I dare you. <laughs> so they're all gonna lose. I think Memphis is probably in no matter what. But if they take a horrific loss in their first AAC tournament game. Um, they'll probably have to sweat it out. Michigan probably just has to avoid a a horrific loss. A horrific loss might push Michigan back to the wrong side, more so than Memphis. But I think as long as these two teams do not take terrible losses, they're, they're going to be fine. And by the way, Michigan won Sunday without Hunter Dickinson. He didn't play, had a mm-hmm. stomach ailment of some sort. Um, so that was a, a big win because, you know, even with Hunter Dickinson, you're an underdog. Then you find out just before tip he's not playing and you still go win the game. That's impressive stuff.
1: Um, we will have a little heads up here. You'll starting tomorrow. You will get some conference tournament preview pods uh, appetizer sized. If you will. Um, Big 10 will not be one of the first two of those. So I'll mention this now, but the, the brackets out. So Illinois, the one Bucky two, Purdue three Rutker Rutgers is the four seed. <laughs> hey, I'm at uh, Rutgers is the four seed. Indiana plays Michigan in the eight nine. And that, that's I don't think that's an elimination game. I think Michigan's in. Because when Howard got the suspension, I said Martelli's got to get that team to three wins. And I don't think he's going to do it. I thought they'd go two and three. You got him to three. Stick him with it. I still I still think they're good. Um, but Indiana, Michigan eight nine second round matchup, that'll be Friday. That's got some serious intrigue to it. Um, so I, I was actually curious where Michigan landed in the tournament because of this result, and there it is. Hoosiers, we'll get to them in just a second. Uh, they'll play against Michigan in the 8-9 there. I like. I, I think Michigan's good. I think they should be in. No Dickinson as well. That was a really, really big win on the road at your rival, beating Ohio State. And the pattern continues, by the way. Since February 10th, this is Michigan. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. Pattern holds. Indiana will continue to save its season and beat Michigan when the Big Ten tournament starts later this week. But we'll have to wait and see. Got
0: internet problems still in Indiana this time? Uh, Jaden Ivy
1: caused them. cost them. I know. I. I you want to you want to sw- swerve right into that because what the hell? No, no. they just no, got you internet don't. problems. They're not even watching this. They can't watch it. Okay. I, I uh, they, it just. What was that last play of that game? I don't know. And Purdue kept it clo- closer than they needed to, so yeah, whatever. Like this
0: is not good for us. Indiana is a basketball crazy state. I mean that the, we've taken one of the most basketball crazy states, and they can't watch the on College Basketball Podcast because the internet's out.
1: We're talking and, Purdue fans too, right? They're getting, they're just getting caught up in this. They don't, you know.
0: I think the way it works, and I'll have to read more about it. All right, but it is if you are registered as a Purdue fan. It's a little bit like Elon Musk is doing in U- Ukraine. Like okay. they bring in, they'll bring in special equipment and they'll get your Wi-Fi working. Okay, but but, but so they got they
1: got to hit up Elon Musk, basically.
0: Yes, Purdue okay. fans, I think, have a direct relationship with Elon Musk, and so they're able to get uh, internet. In but it, Hoosier fans, it's a bad situation. It's Mark just, Cuban
1: isn't helping them out. IU, it doesn't. I, appear famous so. IU alum Mark Cuban. He can't. He can't step in and do anything for them right now. I haven't
0: heard from an Indiana fan in weeks. Okay, internet. You must be right internet down. It's terrible. Let me ask you this. Is Houston a computer (laughs) tricker?
1: Is Houston a a computer tricker? Lay out the case. Lay out the case. What do you mean? Go ahead.
0: Well, Houston, first off, you're outright AAC champion. Not trying to discount that. Kelvin Sampson, I think I could make a Hall of Fame case for him. Tremendous coach. I think Houston might be computer trickers. They woke up on Sunday morning. They're third in the net, third in the net. They're fifth at Ken Palm, second in BPI, fourth in Sagarin, twelfth in KPI, second at Torvik, second at Torvik and
1: BPI. This is that's going to change. That's got to change after like Sunday. There's no way this team is still second in those metrics. Could Torvik. be a computer. Could Dorf, be a computer trick. We can't a have this. tricker. Now let me give you the resume. They're
0: one and four in quadrant one, seven and one in quadrant two, so eight and five in the first two quadrants. But they only have one quadrant one win. They have zero wins over teams currently projected to make the NCAA tournament. Their best win is over Oklahoma State. On the season, Houston is zero and four against top thirty Kenpom teams. And since losing both Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark, they're one and three against the top sixty Ken Palm teams. They've beaten nobody all season long.
1: Might be computer trickers. I don't know if they'll fall far enough. They'll be they will be an interesting test case here with where they, with where they get seated, because what you are suggesting here. Is like seven seed at best material, and the idea that Houston would either be a seven or in the eight nine game is an outright nightmare for a one or two seed if it drew, if it drew them in the second round.
0: Is it that, though? I'm just I just told you they beat no good teams all year.
1: I know. Is I it know. really?
0: You're worried about a team that's never been made a good the team?
1: final made the final four a year ago and brought back plenty from that. I, no, but dude, lost no, coach, top, no, but they no
0: coach, no two in the top four.
1: No coach wants to play Kelvin Sampson on a two-day turnaround. I know what you're saying. That 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 is like you got to be bleeping kidding me, kind of situation. No coach wants Kelvin on a two-day turnaround. None. I bet
0: Memphis. I bet Memphis be ready to play him again. Two-day turnaround though. Tuesday, get it going. <laughs> Memphis beats somebody by double digits every time they play now,
1: and that's that's factual. That did happen there, and that's what's going to get Memphis into the tournament. Penny, get it done there. They uh, could they be? Uh, they, that's a that's a lot yeah. of tricking of a lot of computers. That's all I'm saying. That's a lot. <laughs>
0: It's a lot of computer tricking going on. They've tricked all the computers. Normally you could t- trick a computer. You can't trick all the computers. They've tricked every computer. And like I cannot stress this enough. They lost two of their top four players before Christmas in December. Christmas is in December. What team would still, what team would still be great after losing two of its top four? Take two of the top four off Duke. Are they still great? Take two of the oh top four off of Kentucky. Are they still great? Like, take the best player and another top four. Take uh, at, at, at Kentucky, take Oscar Sheebway and Xavier Wheeler away. What is Kentucky? They're not good. Good job, Melander. At Duke, take Paulo baquero and Trevor Kills away. What are we looking at there? They're not good. Okay, those are the only teams I know.
1: All right, fair enough.
0: But you get the point. So, like, if Houston isn't great, they shouldn't be. They lost two of their top four players before Christmas. But all of the computers still say they're great. There's nothing in the resume, though, that says they're great. Absolutely nothing in the resume.
1: Sunday, March 6th. Is Houston in the Sweet 16? Yes or no? No. Okay. I'll. (sighs) I'm going to begrudgingly say no. But I, I don't want to say no. I love you. I'll say no, but I'm not happy with that. With my no,
0: like what Calvin has done with that program is incredible.
1: So you got him out of the top twenty-five and one.
0: Wings for the game, boom, cashback. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With discover cashback debit, everyone could earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's gonna take the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one, it's a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility in terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I, I haven't updated it yet. I was on CBS Sports HQ today for 50 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't updated it yet. But I seriously, like, I... Here's the thing. The 8-5 and in the first two quadrants with zero additional losses is, like, better than, you know, some others. Like, there are schools at the bottom of the top 25-1 and that are, like, 500 in the first two quadrants. Like, Seton Hall is, like, right around 500 in the first two quadrants. So, if you're not caught up on everything I've said about they haven't really beaten anybody, they still got a – there's still three games above 500 in the first two quadrants. So, you can keep them ranked on that combined with the strength of the computer numbers. But here's the thing. I think I'm 16th right now. As of Sunday morning, I wondered, like, should I just drop them all the way out? I don't think I will. Because again, three games above 500, first two quadrants is good relative to the bottom of the top 25 and one. But they are, they're going to be in the bottom of the top 25 and one at best, you know, for all of the the reasons we've already stated. What else we got from the weekend? Well, um, before we get out of here, let's just run through some other notable results. Um, from the weekend that we haven't already touched on. Arizona beat Cal. Nothing surprising about that. But they end up winning the Pac-12 by three games. So that was a dominant outright conference championship for Tommy Lloyd in his first season uh, with Arizona. Auburn beat South Carolina to secure the outright SEC title. Baylor and Kansas both won. So they're now co-Big 12 champions. Scott Drew, respect to the Drew family, named Big 12 Coach of the Year earlier on Sunday Kentucky went to the old dome beat Florida to keep the Gators on the wrong side of the bubble Purdue beat Indiana keep the Hoosiers on the wrong side of the bubble UCLA's Mick Cronin got his first ever win over USC's Andy infield hashtag nail can stay Michigan State beat Maryland to make Tom Izzo the winningest coach in Big Ten history Mm -hmm. congratulations to him the Murray State Racers. Won the OVC tournament. The Loyola Chicago Ramblers won the MVC tournament. The Longwood Longwoods won the Big South tournament. Dead leg, take it. Wherever you want to take it. The Longwood Longwoods, the mascot is a penis.
1: Okay. Um, Got to make that happen. First, first tournament appearance ever, Longwood, out of the Big South. First auto bid, Griff, Griff Alders gets it done. A hot mid-major, one loss since December twenty-second. Keep an eye out,
0: Longwood, Longwood, Longwood. in there the we Big go. South. <laughs> we got, we, okay, Longwood in the Big South, if you know what I mean.
1: Murray State <laughs> is thirty and two. It has more wins and fewer losses than any team in the country there is no excuse not to hire Matt McMahon to a bigger job. If you're an 80 in a power conference right now, Oh, and Oh, by the way, 18th time Murray States made the NCAA tournament. It will strut into the big dance with the longest win streak in the country at 20 in a row. And with Murray and Belmont off to the Valley, that OVC title game, which is always great. And I of course, wasn't able to to watch it because of what I was doing down in Durham. uh, But I did catch the highlights and I did, you know, receive a few texts here and there on it. And then uh, I saw social media kind of popping with it. That OVC title game delivers almost every single year. And I'm talking like the past 15 years, there have been great game after great game. And now that conference, unfortunately seems destined to be, you know, bottom four in the country indefinitely uh, because, you know, the best teams in basketball and then, uh, on the football side have, have left. And so I just wanted to at least note that, you know, at least Murray state and Moorhead state, which came really close. I was told that, uh, like Johnny broom had just an absolutely stellar game. He is a stud. He is a stud. And I actually had, I had someone tell me the preseason and then I had a, a comp- Different person tell me on Saturday that he could be earning an NBA paycheck one day. He's that good. Um, it would have been great to see Moorhead State maybe steal a bid because Murray was in no matter what. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. I wanted to mention at least the Va- Ohio Valley um, going out with a bang, as we know that league to be. Um, so so good on them. And then, yeah, Loyola's back in. Top 25 Ken Palm team. I don't know where... I, I don't know if Loyola can jump to the 12 line or not. It wouldn't surprise me if it did. Um, they would have been... A debatable bubble team. I don't think I don't think Loyola is getting in if it doesn't win over Drake in the Valley Championship game on Sunday right. on CBS, but it did.
0: It's in. I, and, by the way, they were down double digits early.
1: Yeah. And then went on
0: a 19-0 run, and Drake was never able to catch them after that. Remember, like Loyola Chicago was projected, if you had them in the bracket, as first four. But now they're an automatic bid. They can't go to the first four. Yes. So they're going to be seated outside of Dayton somewhere. Well,
1: you go to the first four, but only if you're a 16. And obviously Loyola not a 16. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's
1: The 16s will be there, but yeah,
0: um, Loyola is going to be, they're going to be an 11 or a 12, right? That's what they'll
1: be. I think they'll, I th- if they're 11, I, it wouldn't stun me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 12 as of right now. We'll see what happens. By the way, um, the bubble did kind of splinter, in my opinion. Bubble teams that got their wins and are like, I think they're in Carolina, Memphis. San Francisco, which I think was in no matter what, but like it's not even a question. Uh, Notre Dame, Rutgers, Miami held on against Syracuse. I heard that game was an absolute disaster down the stretch. Apparently, Buddy Beheim had like 30 and didn't get a shot off in the final 90 seconds. Don't know how it happens. And then Loyola Chicago. Xavier also won. I think Xavier should be safe. But a teaser. We're going to talk about the Musketeers on the Big East Conference Tournament Preview Pod. It's about 25 minutes. It'll pop into your feed on Monday. Uh, David Cobb and I will talk about, is Xavier safe? Should it be safe? It got the win, avoided losing to Georgetown. Um, I think you can make a case one way or the other. Those teams got the wins. The bubble teams that got the losses, you mentioned Indiana, Florida, way off. VCU, North Texas. I don't know if they should probably be in, but they did lose. Uh, finally, that win streak came to an end. BYU is probably out of there. Um, oh, by the way, SMU also got a win as a bubble team. And then Virginia Tech probably needed another win to really keep its bubble viability out there. It lost. I feel like... What did like, Virginia Tech do? Did they go lose at Clemson? I think that's what it was. I'll bring it up real quick here. Yeah, but they needed... If they would have won, I think their case gets a lot stronger. But yes, it was a 63-59 loss at Clemson. Yeah. So, and they still got they still got a shot here, but it does feel like this weekend really did parse out some of these at large situations. Yes. There's still probably two or three spots that can go either way, but we're not heading from my vantage point parish. It doesn't feel like we're heading into conference tournament season with, we definitely are heading into conference tournament season with like six bids up for grabs on large. That's not the case. If you want to maybe make the case for like four at most, I'm willing to hear it, but I'm thinking it's two, maybe three at this point. And so can't will there be bid thieves and to shrink that number? It will if SMU were to make the American championship game, would SMU then be able to vault back vault into the picture and would it leapfrog anybody? You know, if Xavier were to lose to Butler, would it be out of the picture? There's some interesting things to uh, to keep an eye on uh, with all of that. One more conference tournament note Bellarmine knocked off Liberty. Bellarmine's not eligible to go to the tournament because it hasn't served its five years as a D1 member. It's a stupid rule. I don't know why they, I know why they have it, but it's just, it's, it's dumb. And so because of that, you're going to have in the A-Sun, you'll have a non-one seed because Jacksonville State lost to Jacksonville. Jacksonville was the one. Um, You're going to have a lower seeded team get the auto bid because Bellarmine could win. Bellarmine could win the A-Sun bracket and then not get the auto bid. Uh, they do it because they basically want to discourage teams from going division one. So they put in like these financial barriers and then they say, Oh, by the way, if you're going to do this, you have to prove that you can be viable without receiving postseason funds. So when you go D one, you can't play in the tournament for five years. And so that's part of the deal, but I hate it. Like Bellamans a legitimately good team. and should be able to play in the tournaments here, but that's, that's the rule. I at least wanted to note that because there's a little bit of wonkiness going on in the sun. Otherwise GP with what you mentioned, um, you know, we just set up with conference tournaments. Uh, regular season's done. Uh, I, I, I I, don't, I don't know. I, to me, the Big 12 is going to be a fantastic conference tournament. The SEC is going to be a fantastic, fantastic conference tournament. Big East will be as well. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. But it's not quite as chaotic and shifty on the sea lines near the top with some room to move, and then near the bubble, as I thought it would have been a month ago for sure. That just doesn't seem like the case.
0: And then just looking ahead to the next couple of nights, we've got West Coast Conference semis mm-hmm. on Monday night, and then a possible Gonzaga-St. Mary's rematch on Tuesday night. We got the Summit League semis coming up on Monday. Everybody knows Murray State went undefeated in the league. You know who else went undefeated in the league? Show them. If you're watching on YouTube, show them. My Jackrabbits. Look, I'm rocking Jackrabbits. There we go. Shouts to South Dakota State. They heard us talking about them last Sunday on the Island College Basketball Podcast. I mentioned they had Ukraine colors, so if we were going to nickname Ukraine in this war, they could be the Ukraine Jackrabbits. Got home from New York, had a package from South Dakota State. Told them I'd rock South Dakota State gear on the podcast, so here I am. Go Jackrabbits. I've been to Brookings, by the way.
1: I have not been to Brookings. And
0: Dude, I landed in that airport in Sioux Falls. I was the only person traveling without a gun. Okay. I didn't know where that was. The whole plane was filled with hunters. It was me and a bunch of hunters. I like had to go to Minneapolis and maybe or something like that. My whole, pl- I was the only person on the plane who wasn't going there to kill something.
1: You're going there to kill a story, is what you were going to do. And you did. Mike Dom. We you know what happened. That's what I happened.
0: told you, I told you Mike Dom. I wrote a Mike Dom
1: story. That's right. Mike and Dom. Then he,
0: and then he became one of the greatest players in the history of college basketball. Let's be
1: real on something here, though. I don't have a Jack Rabbit. Shirt. I don't need one. I'm not peddling for gear or anything like that. But I was the first national writer to get in on the Jack Rabbit train when I told you Nate Walters was an NBA pick. You mocked me for it. He became an NBA pick. Nate Walters predates Mike Dom. Where's my bunny gear? Not cool. Not cool. I don't need it though. Everybody
0: good- at the airport was was grabbing a rifle out of baggage claim. I was just getting like a you know, a suitcase, like a shaving bag. Everybody else had a gun. It was wild.
1: Apparently there's a lot of hunting going on up there. Uh, that's that's the rumor. Yeah. Woo! We done here? I, th- I, think,
0: I think we're done. Got to go watch that new Lakers show on HBO.
1: Get it done. Jeff Perlman wrote the book. Indeed. Very good writer. Terrific. Terrific. He's a legend. He's a legend. At Reminder, check that podcast feed early and often this week. We will have bonus episodes for you. And uh we're getting you geared up. We're getting you geared up. And ooh, hold on. Real time ta- real time booking right now. You don't fly tomorrow. Paris' schedule gonna. gets altered this week because it's conference tournaments. Are we podcasting live Wednesday at 10 a.m.? Yes. Are you gonna we...
0: yes, yes, okay. but we have to have a hard out.
1: Do you say so? It's because it's it's, it's, it's quite literally your decision.
0: Well, I think my flight leaves at 1125 a.m. Central, 1225 Eastern. So we can start at 10 a.m. Eastern, but we got to get out of this. I got to probably got to be out of the house by 11 a.m. Eastern.
1: Do you want to start at 930 a.m.? No, no. 945. You and these early 945.
0: I'm always so tired. Even on CBS Sports HQ, I can go back and watch my hits. And the ones from like nine in the morning. They just look so different than the ones at four in the afternoon. At nine in the morning, I'm like this.
1: Oh, is that what's going on? All right. So you want to start at ten? Just yeah. be out hard, hard out. Yeah, we can get out in sixty minutes. Although this this episode, we didn't. But yes. Well, All I right. think some of it was because we were silent for about four minutes. That's that was part of it. <laughs> My internet went out. What do you want? What a disaster that was. You know like what, we were, though, I feel we like we recovered okay, but it felt like a disaster in real time. A lot like of people didn't. Disaster. We will get out of here. I've got, I've got bathroom door doubters all up in my mentions, though. A lot of people didn't believe oh, it. Oh, update! Yeah. I found my AirPods. <laughs> I found them. And then what happened?
0: I still have them. They're sitting on my desk right now. You said I'm wearing so. them all weekends. Like I, I thought they were gone for sure. Turns out I walked in the front door, set them on a little table we have near the front door. And then like uh, when the kids got up to go to school the next morning, one of them like bumped it because they are probably throwing their backpacks and stuff. And uh, it fell behind the table. But I could do the find my AirPods on my phone and it showed up. They were in my house. By the way, I sent you guys a picture.
1: (laughs) There's like three sets of AirPods in my house. I didn't know what I was looking at. I was like, what's he trying to say right now? There's like nine AirPods in the screenshot right now. They, my find my
0: phone iPhone thing is the, the hilarious because it's it just shows there are AirPods like Easter eggs all over my house. So I went in search of my newest pair. Wife found them on Saturday morning, and I ordered. I had multiple listeners send me links to like things to help me with this. Um, I ordered a thing that will now click to my backpack that I travel with, that I walk to the studio with, and. Then you you so it's clipped on my backpack, and then you you uh, you know it holds your uh, AirPods, and so now when I'm on a plane or in an Uber, I'll take my AirPods out. If I take them out, I will put them in something that is connected to the bag that I have never forgotten. I've never forgotten my whole bag. I've forgotten iPods, I mean Air- AirPods and iPhones and iPads, but I've never forgotten my entire bag. So as long as I don't forget my entire bag, I should be go to go. This is good to go. I think this is life changing stuff.
1: I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I am. Uh, that's maybe maybe this month is turning for the better for you. Um, we'll, see. we'll see. One last thing as we get out of here, though, because got got plenty of feedback on uh, on my hotel bathroom situation. And then we had not. I'm going to text you this tweet right now see if you can drop this in. Because this bathroom situation, we had a we had a listener find us and say, you want unacceptable. And he sent us a photo of a hotel room he stayed in in Los Angeles, apparently. And it's the bed. And then it's a glass shower next to the bed. It was unbelievable. And I guess the only blockage from the shower to the toilet was if you closed the shower curtain. I don't know if not unless you're unless
0: you're staying in that hotel room with a Instagram model. That is awful. An
1: awful situation. How is that even possible? Here he's bringing up on the live stream. Look at this atrocity. Look at this. How does that happen? This is unbelievable. I had I had door skeptics on my bathroom situation. I don't know what to tell you.
0: You can acknowledge because everybody agreed with me, not having a door you, the toilet should always be separated from the hotel room period.
1: Yeah, and it was. I want to be clear it was not what you're watching on YouTube right now. There was a wall and then it was an enclave situation. I know but you, you could
0: if, if you were room rooming with Adam Zagoria,
1: I don't know right? why I don't know why it's got to be Zagoria, but sure.
0: if you were rooming with Adam Zagoria. why can't we be roomies?
1: I would never stay with you. Okay, I'm clean. I like to be alone. All right. So I'm the one who's got to have the roommate in this situation. Under no circumstances, any hypotheticals, are you sharing a room with someone that's not in your direct family hotel? I have, I have
0: done it before, but I've also told people just no. Like, I've had people ask me, hey, like, you know, you're at uh, you know, some grassroots event or the Final Four. It's like, hey, my room fell apart or whatever. You know, I, I, I thought I had a room. Don't have a room. Um, you know, hey, okay, can, can you mind if I crash with you? Do you have two beds? Do you mind if I crash with you? And I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, no, I just want to be alone. I don't want that. I don't want to wake up and have to say what's up to somebody else. I just want to be alone. I like being alone. I don't like being lonely, but I like being alone.
1: I, I hate to break it to you. Um, If you win the bracket challenge this year, one of the prizes is that they get to go on a trip with you and stay with you in the same hotel room. No, to no, 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 no.
0: So, um, so like you're, you're, let's say you're in a hotel with Adam Zagoria. And
1: again, why does it gotta be sex?
0: I just think it's funnier if it's sex. All right. Uh, And, uh, and, and, and he's got to do a number two. Is there (laughs) any way for you to be like, yo, hey, man, shut the door?
1: No. That That was outrageous. That's outrageous. I don't know what to tell you. It's outrageous. There, There was clearly like, um, what would be the word for it? There was clearly like a guider where a door should be. Yeah. There was no door though. Like there That's was an, an, n, n, screwed to the floor for all I know. Like there was a door and it, like someone got drunk and broke it and they never fixed. It. I don't know. There was no door.
0: That's outrageous. Like think about you're just um, forget. Like, let's just say you're with your, we were in a hotel with your wife and um, like, she just, and goes you just, I mean,
1: you, I, you probably like you asked to change rooms or whatever. I, I don't know. It could, I don't know. Like you just, and you just, know. you're not even like, you're just walking to the bathroom because you don't know anybody's in the bathroom. And then you
0: walk in <laughs> and your wife's just taking a dump. Like, you, what you had are no we way. Even
1: doing here? You had what no are way. we doing? You had no way to know that your wife was. Gosh, using you're the bathroom. conjuring all these images of people urinating, defecating. You're a sick man. You are want, sick. This has happened on back to back shows. I want everybody
0: right now to close their eyes and imagine norlander's wife taking a dump i'm just saying like normally like like you walk into the bathroom and like the door to the toilet is closed so you know so you go, okay somebody's in there but what if there is no door and you just walk in and somebody just sitting there what that this is unacceptable it's unacceptable room design
1: i got it i, I mean it's get- not,
0: i think it's fine when you're by yourself but under any circumstances where you're with another human there has got to be a door to, to close the toilet off from the room that's outrageous
1: all right let's get out of here
0: we should have gone already we, we should have gone 10 minutes ago it's a mistake chop this part off nada and the part with the harp at the beginning get rid of that we'll be good to go we'll be good to go shouts to david Downey. shouts to chester south carolina shouts to jeff perlman shouts to kevin henry 6'2 legend, average eight points, one point five rebounds for Baylor, two thousand one, two thousand two season after transferring from New Mexico. That's my new thing. I'm gonna give you stats on every legend from Baylor. Shouts to Lar now. Thank you guys for listening once again. The Allen College Basketball Podcast, in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my life. I've been watching the number of people in here. Shocking that we didn't lose people over the past ten minutes.
1: They love it. This is this is this is the these are the real ones. I would have left if I were you guys. I
0: wanted to leave, but that is my job. it's literally my job. I got to be here till the end. If you haven't subscribed yet to the I Am College Basketball Podcast, please go do it. Apple, Spotify. Leave a nice review. Five stars. Write some kind words. There's more of us than there are of them. Don't let them trick you. Don't let the misinformation trick you. There's more of us than there are of them smash the like button before you get out of here please if you're watching on youtube and if you haven't subscribed to the youtube channel it would really do us a big help big favor if you'd knock that out as well like Deadleg told you we are doing previews of the top six conference tournaments that's the power five leagues plus the big east they will all be recorded on monday and tuesday and be dropping into the feed periodically um me and Norlander we'll do will do some together. Deadleg will do some with Kyle Boone, with um, David Cobb. I'll do the same thing. So we'll have previews of the top six conference tournaments. They're going to be short episodes, between 20 and 25 minutes. Unless, of course, we start talking about bathrooms at the end. Then they could go to 30 to 35 minutes. You never know with us. But be on the lookout for those, and then we'll have another normal episode starting here on YouTube at 10 a.m. Eastern, sharp, on Wednesday. Till then... Take care.